to SpotCast, your single point of contact podcast for the service management and support industry, brought to you by HDI, where service management and support professionals belong. Smarter service, better business, HDI. On the web at thinkhdi.com. I'm your host for SpotCast, Roy Atkinson. Episode 14 of SpotCast is an interview with Michael O'Leary and is brought to you by LogMeIn Rescue, enabling you to work without boundaries. Although we're going to be talking about higher education in this episode, keep in mind that supporting remote customers and colleagues is becoming increasingly important. Michael O'Leary is Client Services Manager for Southern New Hampshire University, also known as SNHU or SNU. Michael has been in the IT support industry for 14 years, is a Bachelor's in Information Technology from SNHU, and is also a certified Scrum Master. You offer... 24-7 technical support for the people who are taking your courses. What does your staffing look like for, for support, and how much of your support is remote? And I'm guessing that percentage is pretty high. Yep. Um, so the SNHU technology help desk, actually, we, we outsource our, our help desk, our Tier 1, to Stefanini, um, which supports our all of our student base, staff base, faculty base, um, 100% of the time between 8 a.m. and 12 at night. And then from 12 till right before 8 o'clock, there's a third-party company that just kind of intakes information, and then we deal with it during the normal business hours. Um, but there is always someone that you can contact and, and get a resolution with. Um, and that's 100% is, is taken in by them. And I'm guessing those times are Eastern time since you're in New Hampshire, right? Yep. Currently. Okay. Yep. Currently. Yeah. Okay. Always plans <laughs> for the future, right? All right. That's always plans to expand. What is the volume of support that you have? And, and, and you say that Tier 1 is, is outside. So you're handling Tier 2, Tier 3 support for the, for the courseware and everything else. Tell me a little bit about the products that you actually support. So we support, um, well, we have the, the calls coming in. We use LogMeIn chat. Um, we also use the, um, the calling card for LogMeIn so that our staff members, anyone with a SNU endpoint, can get a direct connection to a chat support, uh, which ends up being a, usually quicker to get them a fix or get the information that we need. Um, and then Tier 2, we usually have, we have people that go out um, to our locations within New Hampshire, uh, to support one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. We also have the, the level two that will call out or chat out if it's something that is a little more intricate dealing with our systems, whether it be the, uh, the learning systems. We use a lot of third-party applications for the learners that we also support. Um, so as, as we go up in level, we have different teams that are hands-on with the third-party companies um, like McGraw-Hill and Pearson. We reach out on the student's behalf to try to make it easier to get them integrated back into their coursework. And I'm supposing here that you support the, the university's courseware and the third-party apps and so forth. Do you support in any way student computers on the campus as opposed to re remote learners or how, how yep. does that work? Yeah, we actually, we do have a um, student support uh, on campus where they can do hardware, software support. Um, they do our, 
our universal support that we do to all students, faculty, and staff. Um, but they can also take in machines that if they have hardware issues, they can get them replaced. Um, the really nice thing is they, they don't pay, pay for the labor. The only thing they pay for is if they need a, like a hard drive. They pay for the hard drive, they give it to us, and we do all the work for them and give them the computer back. It's a very interesting and very utilized program on campus. Um, especially with you know people spilling stuff on their computer or viruses, um, we support that on on campus. I, I would guess that your online students are often busy people with careers, and I, I know I've done some online learning myself. You fit it in where you can, and so forth. So, if you have a problem and if you've allocated time out of your busy day to do it, I would guess there's a pretty high sense of urgency when these people need to get back into their courses or whatever the interruption might be. Tell me a little bit more about how you treat those. So uh, within SNU, we have the help desk. We also have our business units that take care of the, the aspects with students with admissions, advisors, that kind of stuff. Um, but the business unit actually maintains our metrics on um, how long it takes us to pick up a call, um, whether a call is dropped. Uh, because you know the focus on if someone's calling in for support, it means that they have the time at that point to work on it. Um, so our goal is to get them connected with someone as quick as possible to provide that support. Um, and we also have a, a callback feature that if they had those few minutes and they need a callback later, they can also request that all so we can support them at a, at a later date and time. Um, one of our main functions that we also have is an alert system uh, that goes out to students saying that if there's a major technology that has an outage, so say Pearson goes down. Rather than having 200 students call into the help desk asking about Pearson, um, we put out alerts that they can see whether they go to the web page or if they um, sign up for a email or a text message, getting an alert that's saying that this system is down. We'll let you know when it comes back up. And then once it comes back up, we send another alert out. That way they don't have to keep calling us and trying to figure out whether they can access their system or not. And is phone the primary method of contact for those distance learners? Or, uh, and you mentioned chat earlier. Do you know what the percentages look like of phone versus chat versus other methods of contact? Um, yeah, currently we're seeing about 90% be phone call um, and 10% being chat. It is going up. Uh, one of the things we don't, we don't promote it as large as it as it probably could be because the amount of chats that you would come in would probably crush us because um, a, a lot of people are, are going towards that. The generations, the newer generations, they want to chat rather than a call. Um, so we're trying to slowly make those changes, add the staffing at appropriate locations. But right now on a, on a daily basis, it's about a, a 90% to 10% call to chat. And what does your staffing level look like? I mean, how many people do you have providing support at this point? Um, right now, we have anywhere from 30 or 40 on the phones at any given time throughout the day. And then there, we break up the chats into two separate teams. Um, right now, there's about six or seven that do the incoming chats. That would be anyone that goes to the web portal and is a student or faculty. Um, and then we have three or four people that support the um, the calling card. So if they do it on a new endpoint, they would get those people. So can, can you walk me through what, what a typical support session looks like? And especially 
if it's my very first time, so I'm a new student, I've just gotten connected to things or I'm having difficulty connecting to things, can you walk me through what that might be like? Sure. There's a couple ways that it can come in. Um, because of how our university collaborates, you may get an advisor or an admissions person reaching out to the technology help desk saying they have a student on the line that is having trouble with X, Y, and Z. Or you may have the student call in saying that they're they're having an issue. Um, so our first task is to verify the caller, uh, make sure they are who they are and their account matches. Um, the next step would be to verify their issue. So asking clarifying questions on what they're having trouble with. Is it something within the portal? Um, is it something that they're trying to type in their password? Um, whatever the case may be. And as you're investigating this, we have a knowledge-based article articles that we use. Um, while you're referencing that, usually we promote small talk. You know, keep the customer involved while we're looking up their information, making sure we don't put them on hold, um, make sure there's no long periods when there's no information being shared to make sure that they, they know their um, issue is being worked on. And then depending on how big the issue may be or the level of the person you're supporting, uh, we'll use LogMeIn to access their computer with their permission um, to either fix the issue that they're having or capture information that way when we escalate it, the teams above us will have a clear picture of what the what they're seeing and what the issues are. Um, and then from there, if we're able to resolve it, you know, have a great day. Um, if you need anything else, give us a call. Um, we try to, you know, be as supportive as, you know, issues always come up. We want to make sure people don't feel uncomfortable calling us. Um, and then if we're not able to resolve it, they'll hear from us usually within 24 hours with either an update or a resolution. You do use LogMeIn as your remote support tool, and there's quite a bit of flexibility there in terms of the platforms that it will connect to, et cetera. But I want to get into a little bit about how you got to the decision to adopt LogMeIn as your remote support tool. Can you walk me through the process of selection and what criteria you were using to evaluate the various tools out there? Yeah, um, well, one of the main things was when we started seeing that our our phone system was getting bogged down. The the time to answer, the ability to support was um, getting a little rough. So, you know, we started looking into what remote software we could use. And LogMeIn stood out as um, a re reliable application, a reliable company with wonderful support. And security was never an issue. And one of the things that most people don't think about is that when you're talking to a customer on the other end of a computer and saying, hey, you know, we're going to remote into your computer, we're using the software, um, very, very minimal pushback on that because it's a, it's a well-known company. Even though people may not know 100% of what it is, they understand that, you know, we're doing a process that is um, worldwide and, and that the steps for the customer is also minimal. Um, so when you start a LogMeIn chat, put in the code, and then click run, and they're automatically connected. Um, I know there's talks from LogMeIn to take out that whole run process within the browser, which doesn't seem like a huge change, but when you're talking to a customer and you're trying to tell them what to do on their screen, every little piece that gets them connected quicker is, is a huge help. Um, so it's nice to see that the tool is, is evolving from where we are currently. Obviously, since you have such a tremendous number of distance learners, 
you, you need to have remote support going on. But who, tell me a little more about who was involved in that. Who are the stakeholders in, involved in that selection? So for many things within SNU, the, the key stakeholder that we focus on is is the learner, um, is a staff member, is the faculty member. Um, these are people that we need to support that support our students. Um, so the goal was to get them the support they need as quick as possible with minimal downtime. Um, so our department was tasked with finding a tool to access that. At that point, the team existed of five people with the director, the assistant director, and the support staff we had. Um, and that was probably about six or seven years ago. Um, and the main goal that they were looking for is, is something that could grow with our industry. And with our our goal through SNU was to get more learners, get more students. And when you do that, Obviously, your your technical support is also going to increase. Um, like right now, we support about a thousand students a day, give or take. Um, so being able to split up that support through phone, through chat, was instrumental. Um, and when they were doing their testing and their verification, those are things they took into into consideration. Um, licensing, licensing is 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 live so if you have 50 people on it then you have 50 licenses um, even though there's 100 people in our department you don't need 100 licenses so a lot of those those little things um, added up to a to a big decision and then once the help desk decided what software they wanted to go with they went to the ceo and cio and they had to make all their approvals and verifications um, and at that point we didn't have a uh, security team, but we had security personnel that reviewed uh, the application and uh, the way they have their protocols and was approved for, for main use. And since then, it's just been increasing. <laughs> How long is, have you been using LogMeIn? Uh, about seven or eight years. Well, it's great. Among the metrics that you gather, and of course, our industry is driven driven by metrics to a large extent, do you have a customer satisfaction score that includes just online learning or, or remote learning? Do you separate out the cases that are solved using your remote tool, or how does that work? Currently, we don't. Um, we do have the the end of the chat questionnaire, um, but a lot of times that's based off of how their support was, how what their issue was, whether we were able to resolve it. So it's it, sometimes it's hard to clarify that information. Um, but what we do use is that, again, our business units set an SLA for us and say, you know, this is how you should be treating your interactions. Um, so from a chat standpoint, our SLA for pickup is a minute 30 seconds. Um, so we should pick up the student before that time on average. Um, our average per week is about 43 seconds, um, which just blows their SLA out of the water, which is fantastic. Um, we're supporting people quicker. We're getting them the solutions that they need. Um, we also maintain uh, uh, an average chat time, uh, so how long they've been on the chat. And depending on the issues, again, we, we do review them, and we do have a, an internal um, audit that we do for our help desk, which is mainly just did they use the right pronunciations? Did they type things correctly? Did they ask clarifying questions? Um, so we, we have a department that maintains that, not through the, um, the software. 
but usually, you know, we also look at how many chats are offered, how many chats were answered. Um, and then one of the, the biggest things that the business unit likes to know is how many were abandoned. They like to see less than 15% abandoned chats. Um, right now, we're anywhere from 14 to 20 based on people getting in a chat. You kind of go through the motions and then they realize, oh, whoops, yeah, there's something I could solve and they just close out of it. That is considered an abandoned chat. Um, so it, it's really not negative on us. It just means that we got them to the solution that we didn't have to go any further. Those are what we base our, our metrics on. Do you gather metrics like time to resolve? And if you do, how does that compare phone versus chat? Um, yeah, well, we do have that through the, the average chat time. Um, we also use ServiceNow to track a lot of those things. Um, but chat, usually it seems to have the, the quicker results and the easier results for the customer. Um, being able to remote in and you know be hands-on with, hands with that machine, uh, we can get to the resolution quicker. Um, and a lot of our, our technicians like being on chats more than phones. Um, even though the, the phone people that are on the phone have the ability to use a chat system, um, it kind of skips that the first introduction part. And how easily can you import a chat transcript into your ticket tracking? Uh, there is already a project in place to integrate LogMeIn with ServiceNow so that all that information will carry over without us having to reproduce it. Um, so it's going to bridge that gap, and we're super excited to get that going in the next few months. If you had a wish that you wished your tools would do for you, is there anything that, that's on that list currently? Say if we could get this one thing uh, about the way we're working with LogMeIn, uh, what would that be? Um, so the, the only one thing that I have, it's actually something they're already working on, is having a calling card for Macs. Um, that's one of our, our struggles that people in our institution that use Macs, not always 100% knowledgeable about them. They know how to do their job and what they need to, but when you try to support them, there's, there's a decent roadblock. And one of the uh, things that's worked very well for us is a the calling cards that we have on the Windows 10 machines uh, makes it quick and easy. We usually can resolve issues in a matter of a few minutes. Um, we want that support level for our Mac users, and they're they're currently working on trying to to figure out how that will be um, utilized in the future. Can you describe for me a little bit of what that calling card looks like to the end user? To the end user, it's it's really just an an application on their desktop. It's a the um, the white cross with a blue circle around it. Um, all they have to do is double click it. Um, a window will pop up where they put in their, their name, their email, and just a little blurb of um, their issue. Another piece that we have in there because we, we use a colleague uh, has a lockout, which a lot of people don't pay attention to. They close out the browser instead of um, actually using the log off. It sounds simple enough, but a lot of people tend to not do that, which locks them out of their account. Um, there's a spot on the calling card that says, what's your colleague ID? That way they put that information 30 seconds into the chat. You're all set. Have a great day. Um, so we don't have to sit there and go have 
the conversation. What do you what do you need help with? What are you trying to access? They just put in that information and you're good to go. Hmm. And is that integrated right into the Logmean system? Where does Yep. Yep. That's cool. Yep. So it um it'll it'll pull up in the, the regular Logmean portal. Um and it's just a, a quick connect to it. What other features or facts would you tell people about Logmean if they asked you how, how it's working for you? Um, some of the main things that you don't think about too often is um, the system information, uh, the file transfer. These are these are things you don't really think about with a remote session that actually we utilize quite often. Um, for example, when someone gets a new machine, rather than giving having them give us their machine and them being without their machine for you know two or three days to do a a backup and a data transfer. We use LogMeIn, and we can transfer those files whether they're doing their normal day-to-day. Um, if, a, if a student uh, is unable to access software, and it's the software that we provide, and they just can't figure out how to get to it, we can transfer it over and install it on their machine um, with you know, very little that they need to do on, on their end. Um, so a lot of times we just tell them, hey, go get a cup of coffee, and we can do this for you. When you come back, we'll be all set. Um, it's a it's a making the customer more comfortable with asking for support. So when they have an issue, you know, they're not worried about coming towards you because they know, you know, you're going to put in a lot of good effort um, and our higher percentage of cases being closed because we can actually get hands on with the system. We can look at their system and say, you know, you're, we use log me in, you're using a tablet that's not supported with the software that you need to use. We can see all that information. If they only have a, a gig of memory and they're trying to run Adobe, we can, you know, we can coach them in those things where we can see your machine is struggling with what you're doing. So being able to provide that extra information, even from a technician standpoint, makes you feel good and also makes the customer feel good. And that, after all, is what it's all about, right? Get people back up and running and leave them with a good feeling when they go. Correct. Yep. Great. Well, I, I appreciate your talking with me today, Michael, and, and uh, I know that distance learning is, is just amazingly important these days, and, and thanks for taking the time to, to explain a little bit about how you support that at SNHU. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. For more about our sponsor, LogMeInRescue, visit them on the web at LogMeInRescue.com. And thanks to Michael O'Leary for being our guest today. For more information about HDI, visit us on the web at thinkhdi.com. I'm your host for Spotcast, Roy Atkinson. See you next time. Take care.